setting fire to the stoner stereotype. Sparking up candid conversations with cannabis researchers, entrepreneurs, and advocates. Educator, author, and advocate Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Please welcome the host of Burning Issues, Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Hey, Cannabis Radio listeners, welcome back to Burning Issues, where we burn away the cannabis myths with science. As many of you know, I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine, author of the Oxford University Press book, Understanding Marijuana. I also pen the Ask Dr. Mitch column for High Times. Today, we'll chat with a real marijuana maven, Guy Rocourt. He's been 15 years in the biz. He was the caregiver for Montel Williams. He started two vape companies, and he's spearheading yet another wild, multifaceted place. I'm just really grateful to have you here. Thanks for joining us, Guy. Hey, thanks, Mitch. I appreciate you having me. Well, so I don't even know where to begin, man. What's it like being caregiver to Montel Williams? Well, look, you know, it's awesome. I started in the entertainment industry years ago, and I was privileged enough to work with Montel on a movie project that he was the director of. And that was when he came out with his MS, and this was back in the early 90s. Yeah, I'd say like 1993. And of course, you know, this is in New York, and I... While cannabis has always been part of my life, I've been blessed not to actually be a patient. So I've been kind of on the recreational side, but I had some access being a young guy in New York. So I shared that with him. And of course, he got great benefit and started. I mean, he was already into it and already an advocate, but he really started to advocate when he came out with his book. Uh, the book starts with In the Eyes of the Law, I'm a Criminal because here he is, this upstanding guy on his talk show that ran for 17 years, you know, model citizen, but essentially breaking the law because he needed cannabis because it was one of the few things that really, really helped alleviate the pain from his MS. And we now know definitively that when it comes to neurological diseases, cannabis definitely has some, some benefits and we just need to figure it out. Right. So come 1996, when, you know, prop 215 and SB 420 were approved here in California, we all thought, well, Sacramento is going to get off their hands and figure it out. And as we know, 20 years later, that still hasn't been figured out. But that started to be my entree into cannabis professionally. That's just an amazing story, man. I, I got to admit, it just is the kind of thing most people dream about. Now, I know you've worked at at least two different vape companies, it sounds like. And I feel like the world is sort of wide open on this, but some folks are kind of going in naive. Any lessons you learned you might be willing to share? Uh, t- well, you know, I, I truly appreciate being on the show because science is king. Misinformation in this industry is what's holding us back. Internally, we have misinformation. Internally, we have infighting. You know, I'd like to quote Ralph Morgan, CEO of OpenVape, arguably the largest pen company. You know, we had this panel at NCIA in Oakland a few months ago, and he wanted to tell us that there are no competitors in our industry. We need to form this industry. A rising tide is going to lift all boats, and we need to stop infighting and marketing with misinformation. That being said, when I first learned how to make vape pens, right when the electronic industry, electronic cigarette industry was in its infancy, people were using propylene glycol. We didn't know how to cut it. There were definitely some agents that we don't necessarily want vaping, you know, but I do want to be clear when it comes to vaping, it's far and away better than combusting anything, bar none, period. There's just not, from a science point of view, when you talk about the amount of carcinogens that come from smoking something versus vaping something, they are definitely different categories. That being said, we want to get the most natural vapor experience possible, and our industry is green, no pun intended, but should stay green, and 
just because pharma wants to have a litany of side effects, that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to do something much better. So when I first learned this formula here in California, I launched a vape pen company known as Black Diamond Vapes. They exist and I still sit on their board. They're mainly in Northern California and they produce a vape pen of decent or superior quality based on formulations that I had done early on. And, you know, I still keep them apprised of my new formulations. And of course, now I'm starting to get into these proprietary issues and what have you. When I had the opportunity to quote unquote, go more legit, I sent these vape pens to some friends in New York. They, of course, didn't understand, they just totally blown away, immediately raised some of the early money that was floating around the space. And we formed a company called Neos, which at a time, I think was the second largest vape company in Denver or in Colorado. Now it may be third as the vape space has become very saturated, but it was a great experience, a great learning experience to be compliant, to understand compliance. The MED is kind of a great compliance entity because they're all former police officers. So they have a lot of animosity for our industry. I think I can say that straight up. I don't think they really want the industry to be there, even though it's doing nothing but good for the citizens of Colorado. They continue to be argumentative. I'll even highlight right now the fact that they're making all MIP kitchens go to class one, div one to the tune of $100,000 refits. It's completely unnecessary, but I guess making billions of dollars for the state of Colorado isn't good enough, but that's okay. Cannabis can be held to the highest standard because we can achieve the highest standard. Then that's that. So after forming those two companies and getting, you know, really understanding what infused products are, I partnered with my friend, Adam Grossman, Scott Gordon, and Ellie Gordis to form a company called Egg Rock Holdings. And Egg Rock Holdings is essentially a, consumer products company with a strategic investment arm. We have strategic investments in Grows Up North and Humboldt, strategic investments in scientific companies to help so that we, we invested in a patch company so that we can produce a better patch. And those patches will be released in California this month. Yeah, so, yeah I really want to get into that if you're willing. I yeah, should sure, I sure. should do my disclaimer because Ellie is my cousin, so everybody should know that I think the company is completely kick-ass, but I may not be the most unbiased. But the patches have been blowing my mind for years, and I'd love to just get your impression of them. Yeah, so we partnered with a company out of Massachusetts called Man and Molecular, a bunch of former pharma, Harvard, MIT guys, and they basically built a better mousetrap. Their machine and formulation print these awesome patches. Now, on their board is the gentleman, I forget his name, that developed the fentanyl patch. Now, this is where I, unlike other industry members, feel that I'm waiting for pharma to come in. There's going to be room for all of us. Pharma doesn't come in like some black hand and destroy everything. They look for us as innovators to set the stage and then they acquire us. And as long as we have a good, solid platform, they'll acquire a good, solid platform. So I say that because our patches don't have anything like DMSO or any of the skin penetrating agents that you might find in a typical pharma thing because I refuse to have any side effects. First of all, never mind the product liability situation in cannabis right now, we need to keep our products all natural and thereby 100% safe because one thing we do know that's non-toxic and safe and without side effects is cannabis. How I can say that and still have the DEA say what they say, I don't know. But I know that to be a fact because I've been in it that long and I feel very confident in making that statement. So our patches, 100% natural, they use the usual suspects like menthol, eucalyptus, oleic acid, cannabis, of course, these kinds of things, and of course, linalool and other terpenes to help the cannabinoids migrate through the skin. They do make it down through the skin into the capillary level, so they do get into the bloodstream. Our patches are not necessarily designed to be local, 
They can be put on a vascular area and they can give you some psychoactive effect, although that is not their intention. Their intention is definitely to be a pain relieving wellness thing. We are trying to get the milligrams of cannabinoids up in the patches so that they could in fact be a recreational item. But on the wellness side, what happens is when you use our patches, you leave them on for 12 hours. And I like to call it a warm hug. That's the feeling. On the other side, when we use CBD and CBN, we find that you put this on before you go to bed and people that normally have restless sleep seem to be getting better night's sleep. Now, this is all anecdotal evidence. We're only in the early testing of our personal patches. We are partnering with the folks in Israel so we can get some kind of standardized trial going, but that, that's where we are to date. I'm happy to say I am working on the design with some of that. The big key here is I just really want to bow to you for going with the transdermal transporters that are natural. The temptation to turn this into something that was potentially toxic but might have a a bigger THC effect had to be tremendous, and I just really bow to you for making it work that way. Yeah, thank you. I hope the whole industry kind of holds on to that. Cannabis seems to be a non-toxic miracle that has efficacy. I understand that there's a bunch of cannabinoids, and the way I look at it is you've heard the one-off miracle stories even as far as curing cancer, and the way I look at that is people have gotten the right strain with the right cannabinoid and terpene combination for their ailment. They just lucked out and they got that miracle effect. It's left to us to pair this long combination of CBN, CBD, THC, CBG, and terpenes with ailments so we can get consistent results every time per ailment. That's just work that just needs to be done. And the fact that we're being held back from doing that work is bothersome. Well, of course, you're going to get no argument about the science from me, and I'm super delighted to see folks out there raising money to help this go. Speaking of raising money, we do have to pause for our sponsors. As my cannabis radio brother, Vivian McPeak, would say, we've got to pause for the cause because there are flaws in the laws. We'll be right back with Guy Rocourt. More burning issues coming up after we blaze through these words from our sponsors. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space low on funds don't worry weed firm replanted is free to download download weed firm replanted for free on the app store and google play today get growing mr growing oh let the marijuana llama tell you something now bought a game for your phone gonna make you say wow the game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash grow the seeds sell the board put the savings in the stash little by little your empire grows large put the big celebrities inside your entourage you can choose to play with snoop or me or chichin chong cypress hill willie nelson with khalifa with a bong the name of the game is him pink that's the point download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime hemp ink is even hot proved by the man who run high times oh yeah get it on android and i and ios today marijuana llama out got to tend to me on crops you know money don't make itself hemp ink Thousands of cannabis professionals convene this August in Portland, Oregon to the city responsible for half a billion dollars in cannabis commerce. The Portland Expo Center hosts Indo Expo, August 6th and 7th. Indo Expo has seed to sale covered all weekend long. 
with educational seminars and over 250 exhibitors. Lights, nutrients, trimmers, extractors, greenhouses, cutting-edge grow gear, genetics, smoking accessories, and more. Free admission for buyers, store owners, and MJ industry professionals. Visit www.indoexpo.com. ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. All you have to do is decriminalize. We don't need a government regulation to tell us this is good pot, that's bad pot. We don't need any of that. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. Time to fan the fire on some more burning issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back, Cannabis Radio listeners. Thanks for tuning in to Burning Issues. We've got Guy Rocart, the master of the marijuana space here. He's been in the business 15 years, worked with Montel, had two vape companies. And I'm just curious, can you give me a feel for where you feel like the industry seems to be moving and what they could do to improve? Well, I'll say again, we are not competitors. I I say to anybody listening to this, it's in the marijuana space actively right now that they should look to be helping out their brothers and sisters in this industry. People talk about putting products on the shelf. I would say we need to create the shelf. So before we disseminate any misinformation, before we compete on a level that's so aggressive that it might destroy the industry, that we think twice, right? And I say that as a person that's launched a lot of products in the industry, you know, good, clean medicine is what we're all after, and let's just make room for that. I am looking forward to California doing the right thing this November, Massachusetts doing the right thing this November, Nevada doing the right thing this November, and the other states with medical uh, ballots initiatives on the books. It's like this November, we could really, really change the tide, get well over 30 states. That should put more pressure on the federal government to repeal prohibition. That's in the immediate. In the long term, I do see this. I'd love to see, I'm a tax and regulate like alcohol person. I don't believe in telling adults they can and can't do things. I'm just not a prohibitionist that way. It never seems to have worked. I don't believe cannabis should be scheduled on any level, just like alcohol and tobacco. It should be open, regulated for sure, kept out of the hands of children for sure, tested for sure, right? Prohibition, that's, that's just, that's not working. Right? We need to dig in and do some work and figure out how we can provide safe access for people on the recreational side. On the medical side, yes, I look for pharma and bigger minds than myself to come in and start to figure this out. I hope they do it in a way that is better than some of the other approaches with medicines in the past. I do look forward to cannabis medicines that are not mixed with things that might have potential side effects. I'm looking for greener medicine to come out of cannabinoids or cannabis. I don't want synthetic cannabis like Marinol, but at the end of the day, we need biotech firms to come in and show us how to, you know, dissolve cannabis in different enzymes to mimic the stomach so that we can get like the uh, Delta 11 hydroxy and, you know, potentially a cannabinoid injectable for pain medicine. I mean, sky's the limit. There's been a hundred years of non- science about this plant, whereas all the other plant-based medicines got the work over. Why not us? So that's, and the, that's how the benefits are clearly there. It really looks like we could make that progress in no time if we just put the effort out. Yes, and I don't understand why the federal government and the DEA and the FDA specifically are 
just not, I don't understand what benefit they get from saying things like there are no medical benefits. And when you see the DEA's list of five points, it's like, well, tobacco and alcohol fit into that. I definitely have some issue with tobacco, not to like poke the bear, but like, it's crazy that you can buy a pack of cigarettes and somehow cannabis is schedule one. It just, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Of course. And listen, you're out in California right now. I'm curious, is your impression that things are going well for the legal changes? Yes. I mean, I, you know, from what I'm reading, we're like at 60-ish percent. You know, I remember when Proposition 19 was here and some of the reasons why that got voted down. I think that the people in Sacramento and those who work on that lobbyist level have kind of stopped their infighting. But that's, you know, that's what killed Proposition 19. It's like, what's the right bill? You know, to me, any move forward is a move forward. You know, clearly there's always political interests and these kinds of things happening. I feel like in California, it's gone beyond just the safety of citizens. And now it's like, you know, people strategically like placing themselves and, you know, you know, there's a lot of money involved. And so I I get that. But I do feel that we are going to pass a recreational initiative, the recreational initiative this November. And I don't know that that doesn't mean Sacramento is going to do anything. That doesn't mean they're going to put any laws behind it. That doesn't mean that Lori Ajax and her team is going to have any less of a task. I mean, even MRSA is supposed to, you know, I don't know if you know too much about the, the way MRSA works, but, you know, the Department of Agriculture, all these departments need to set up something for licensing before 2018, and they're barely getting started. When I saw Lori Ajax and her team in May, it was four people. And the one lawyer they had just hired was the person who was checking people outside the door. They didn't even have another PA to do that. And then meanwhile, she's probably going to get recreational thrown on her plate come this November. So, you know, Sacramento has shown us that they can take 20 years to implement rules. But the good news is California has this great spirit of tolerance. I love the festivals we have here. One of the things I don't like about Colorado is this total dislike of public use. It's like at a high times festival there. The fact that we can't partake with our friends and more importantly, can't even manifest samples to the judges to even have judging it's like there's just no reason to kill our industry like that yeah anyway i could go on but i I do think we're gonna pass i mean we've seen how the underground really just doesn't benefit us as much as an overground i know you've done a lot of stuff just getting your own company started do you feel like talking to investors has become a little easier in the last few years Definitely, definitely. So, you know, going through two rounds. So the first round I was investing and it was definitely with guys and gals that were more aggressive, more venture, right? Ready to throw, uh, Scott puts it, darts at the cannabis dartboard. Just, you know, they were ready to take a loss if they had to. And of course, win big. And I think they did. I think the original movers, as far as Colorado companies, have a great first mover advantage. The second time, I think talking to savvy investors, A, I think they feel more security with the coal memo. I think they feel a little bit more secure in their investment. I think that in the last few years, seeing what's happened in Colorado and really reading the stats in terms of the blowback on the state, I think they see that this is not going to take a back step, that the grassroots movement is real and that we're only making forward progress. So yeah, I think raising money this time was a little bit easier. But of course, I have to say that Ellie and my partners also have a lot of really nice friends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Those guys are very persuasive. Hey, so you're at a conference right now, and we'd, we'd love to hear how things are going where you are. Yeah, so right now at the convention center is the Cannabis World Business Expo. I haven't gotten there yet today, but Montel will be speaking at 2 p.m. He's a keynote speaker. Also at 12 p.m., Marvin Washington, former defensive end of the Denver Broncos, will be speaking on traumatic brain injury. He's a big advocate. That's another big focus of mine is getting 
CBD in the hands of players because I don't know how many people know this, but you know, NFL players are usually hooked on opiates from the time they're in college, some even in high school. And that just can't stand, right? It's just like, there's no, not, look, if I just go to the hospital and I need opiates, you need opiates. They have their place. But for long-term pain management, it's just not, it's just not right. We need an alternative and cannabis is just staring at us there. And then of course, when it comes to traumatic brain injury, CBD is it. I mean, we know, like I know this, and that's just anecdotal, like hundreds of people that I have personally made CBD tinctures for and seen the difference, right? And so we just need to get that out there. And Marvin's been really good at putting the NFL on blast. And I think very soon we'll see the NFL looking towards us for that kind of long-term pain management. And of course, Montel with his involvement in the VA, same thing. It's like PTSD, really? Do we need to cycle our warriors through cycles and cycles of farmer type drugs with side effects that don't work when really all they need to do is smoke a J? I mean, I'll just put it plainly. So that's my focus at the World Expo is, you know, just supporting those gentlemen. But it's great to see all the other you know, cannabis providers. And I love these things. They've gotten so much bigger. I mean, we're at the LA Convention Center. I remember when we were just in small rooms at hotels last year when it really got kicked off with the marijuana biz at the Rio. And I look forward to that event, taking over a whole hotel, like a real industry. Yeah, it just makes me happy. This industry is getting more and more real. I remember when we were just like a side thing and now we're a real industry and we're soon going to stand alongside of alcohol, tobacco and pharma and we're going to have our voice. And, you know, another thing I'd say to people is, you know, police outfits and usually these different kind of like the police athletic league or whatever, they have millions of dollars in their bank accounts and, you know, normal and NCIA might have thousands. It's on us to contribute and give back so that our voice can be heard at the state level and in Washington as well. Can't thank you enough for bringing that up. Hey, this has been a real pleasure. We've been talking to Guy Rocourt, Cannabis Maven, and you're tuned to Burning Issues on CannabisRadio.com. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine. We'll be right back with self-compassion in the art of activism. Don't go away. More burning issues coming up after we blaze through these words from our sponsors. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. 
Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line, Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to Empire, presented by CW Hemp, a weekly installment dedicated to exploring the non-psychoactive side of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of the American economy, hemp has been used in over 25,000 products, including paper, textiles, construction materials, health food, and fuel. Now, tune in and discover all there is to know about this wonder crop making a historic comeback. Empire, presented by CW Hemp, starts now. Hey, Cannabis Radio listeners, we're back with Hempire, the section of our show where we explore all things hemp. Whether it's fiber, food, or pharmacy, the hemp plant continues to amaze humans for millennium after millennium. We've had medical uses from mythical Asian Emperor Shenane back in 2800 BC and right on through to the present. So thanks for joining us on Hempire. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine, author of the Oxford University Press book, Understanding Marijuana. I'm a High Times columnist and member of the advisory board at the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Law. Today's guest is a special CEO of the Realm of Caring Foundation. It's the powerhouse herself, Heather Jackson. Heather's got wild tales to tell of her journey to Colorado, C.W. Hemp, and the Realm of Caring Foundation for Foundation itself. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thanks for having me. So you've got, I think, one of the most moving stories ever when it comes to medicinal hemp. Can you tell us how you got started in the whole area? Yeah, absolutely. It started with my son, Zakai. He started having seizures when he was four months old, and he has a rare catastrophic form of early childhood epilepsy, very resistant to pharmaceuticals. In fact, we went through 17 of them without success. That's kind of embarrassing to say at this point. Uh, and he was receiving hospice and we were very much looking for just some palliative relief for him. And we started Charlotte's Web four years ago today, actually. Oh, so today wow. Our, our four-year anniversary, we've been talking with the Stanleys quite a bit today and sort of reminiscing about the last four years of our journey when within uh, three months of Zakai starting, he actually stopped having seizures altogether. His his condition just remitted. So I say that Zakai is in remission. He hasn't had a seizure in three months. It will be four years. So he is doing fantastic. His development's making a lot of gains, and I've gotten to meet my son for the first time. It's really astounding. I mean, it's it's scary enough to watch anybody seize, but to actually see a child so little to have a seizure and it sounded like he was having them multiple times per day. Is that? Yeah, he would average 60 to 250 seizures a day. And this was the better part of a decade. So we didn't find this option until he was, you know, nine and a half. And it sounds like really everybody was just sort of sitting around waiting for him to die. You you get to a point where, you know, the physicians don't have anything else in their bag of tricks. And so 
You are just trying to provide the best quality of life that you can. And you do sort of feel there's an inevitable that's going to happen just because of, you know, the history. So, yes, I would like to say I never stopped fighting, and I certainly wasn't waiting around for him to die. But I think the medical community offered everything they could for him. And we had great doctors. They just, this wasn't an option. So how'd you first learn about medical hip? It was our hospice counselor. And she could have lost her job probably, but she slid a piece of paper over to me with some phone numbers on it. And it was Joel Stanley, Paige Biggie, Charlotte's mom. Charlotte's what it was named after. And the lab, because she knew me. And I'm very, very detail-oriented, tracked everything. So I needed to know that this could be tested, exactly what I was giving, that it was free of mold, pesticides, residual solvents, metal, yucky stuff. And yeah, so she was, she was brave enough to talk about it. And it was because she had one other child who was doing really well on it. Oh, wow. So then you ended up just calling the Stanley brothers? Yeah, I did. Actually, first I called the lab. So I wanted to really ensure the safety because he was pretty medically fragile. And after I was assured that you could discover all of these things through testing. So my second phone call was to Joel Stanley, who was pretty resistant, I would say, to getting the guy going. He had only one other child and one other success story, and that was Charlotte. And I think he was probably cynical, just like I was. and wasn't sure if this was really happening. And anyway, I convinced him. Uh, we got started as soon as we could. And that was really, that was pretty much all, all she wrote. So I'm just eager to get a feel for the side effects you guys experienced on the previous medications and some of the side effects you might be getting now. That's a great question. So, of course, I mentioned he had been through 17 pharmaceuticals that had failed him. Statistically, after your second pharmaceutical with epilepsy, you have less than a 1% chance that any of the rest will actually work. Fun little scary fact there. And some of the side effects we faced were, you know, there were times where he was anorexic, so he would just completely stop eating. There were times when he doubled his weight, like on steroids. He actually doubled his weight, had really bad cushionoids, so his cheeks were really puffy. He had bone loss from long-term steroid use and cataracts. So he was, you know, six-year-old, that's like a little old man, behavior issues, et cetera. And one of the drugs, several of the drugs that we tried were black box warning label drugs. And this is what the FDA does to a drug when a known side effect is death. Um, It's sort of the precursor to them pulling it off the market. So some pretty scary stuff. I got to admit that would frighten any parent. And I'm, you know, aware that a lot of folks end up saying things they, they don't really mean or they don't know what to say under these circumstances. You guys must have heard some pretty crazy things. Yeah, I mean, I've even from friends, I heard everything from, I think most people just don't know what to say, so they try and fill in, fill in the blank. One friend that was a really good friend at the time had mentioned that perhaps it was karma, something that I'm like, what could this little human being have done She's like, no, it's karma for you. Like, oh. like what are you talking? You know, what are you talking about? Uh, needless to say, she was, you know, no longer a friend. But I think that, you know, by and far, we received a lot of support. But most friendships can't really, they can't 
deal with that sort of long-term stress. I mean, we dealt with daily seizures and were practically hostage in our house for almost a decade. So it's a, it was a long haul. I think people underestimate, too, the, the magnitude of just that duration. There's literally no respite. It's like literally every day is a 24-hour day. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't even go to the bathroom without putting someone in charge of Zakai. His seizures were that frequent, and it was it was absolutely no rest for a very, very long time. And, of course, afterwards, you're I don't know how I did that, but you do what any parent would do, and it's just make the best of it. and work through it the best you can. I mean, I have had other clients with special needs children nowhere near this severe, and I really got to hand it to you guys. It's, it's just amazing what you've been through. Thank you so much. It was It's something that can make or break a uh, family, and for us, it, it made us closer, more resolved, more of a team, and so, you know, if there's a silver lining, I would say that it's that, and I would also say, you know, the Realm of Caring Foundation is is a byproduct of what we experienced, and it's how I make meaning of basically a decade of suffering. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I got to admit, it's right out of Viktor Frankl there. And Heather, I was just curious about some of the positive side effects uh, you've seen with Zakai now that he's on CBD. Yeah, it's been mostly positive. In the very beginning, we had what's called forced normalization, which is just when really abnormal brain waves regulate after a really long period of time of being abnormal. The brain's not quite sure what to do with that. So I called the Kaivi Energizer Bunny on Speed. He's very, very busy, very emotional. And it was it was really difficult to deal with, obviously, not as difficult as seizures. So we just wrote it out. And that resolved itself within about four to five months or so. But we saw right away a very steady appetite, a better sleep. After that forced normalization resolve, we saw improved mood, huge gains in his cognitive areas, and he was incontinent. He didn't know his colors, and he was, you know, he was. He started toileting, learning his colors, learning his alphabet, his numbers. So we we actually experienced, you know, a lot of really positive side effects. Oh, it's it's miraculous! I'm I'm completely blown away. We do have to take a break now. As my cannabis radio brother, Vivian McPeak, would say, we've got to pause for the cause because there are flaws in the laws. We'll be right back after these messages. Hold on for more Empire after you've grown to learn more about our sponsors. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers... From a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. Source, shop, network, and learn at Indo Expo, covering all things cannabis from seed to sale. Portland, Oregon's Expo Center, August 6th and 7th. Source and shop over 250 exhibitors. Network and learn at our educational seminars all weekend long. Free admission for buyers, store owners, and MJ industry professionals. Looking for a career in the MJ industry? Attend Indo Expo's Career Fair, Sunday, August 7th. 
Over two dozen companies are looking to place positions from master growers to marketing directors. Visit www.indoexpo.com to learn more. See you at the show. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. Cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or 8 years old. You can still learn something that's going to make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to harvest more crop-tastic content on Hempire. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Well, Heather, now I'm eager to find out how this inspired all your work at Realm of Caring. You know, what we realized right away, so Paige and I said, you know, after several months, this is, this is really happening. We made a commitment to not only tell our community, which was the epilepsy community, but really wanted to tell the story and what had happened to both of our families. And we, we began to do that, and immediately we just couldn't keep up with the volume of inquiries. You know, so back then it was very informal. We were texting and on Facebook and you know, closed Facebook groups and these sorts of things, and it was really apparent we need some systems, we need a team, people need information. We need to be able to share with them, you know, the research that exists. We need to talk about what we know about dosing. And and that's how the realm of caring was really born, was just really sheer necessity for a very, very underserved population. So you guys have essentially your own realm of caring program for these children. Yeah, so we started the nonprofit, and we are a 501c3 organization, so the federal government gave us our designation in 2013, and we do really lots of wonderful things. We have over 25,000 families that are connected to us from all over the world. We're engaging over 6,000 of them in research protocols with Johns Hopkins University, which I'm really proud of. That was one of the things that I kept hearing over and over again is, this is just anecdotal or this is placebo, or, you know, even Denver Children's reports that you're twice as likely to report a seizure reduction if you've moved to Colorado as if, than if you already lived here. So we kept hearing these things, and I said, you know, we need to deal with the best and get some research accomplished. And so we went through the university process called the IRB, the Institutional Review Board process, and, and are actually collecting real-time prospective data, which is huge. 
Um, so we get research done. I mean, that really warms my heart, and I, I think it's easy to underestimate what a hassle that must have been. Just the paperwork alone for getting those kinds of protocols approved is really tedious and harsh. So my, my hat's off to you. Thank you. I think this is worth it. This is so worth this attention to detail. And to my knowledge, no one is really collecting that data. You know, how many milligrams are people taking? What routes? How many times a day? What are the side effects? What drugs are you having interactions with? The economic data, this is huge to me. So I'll give you a, an example. If you'll indulge me, my son used to receive 11 hours of nursing services every single day, three therapies in home twice a week. We saw specialists months, whether it was an epileptologist, a pain management doctor, an endocrinologist. We were on pharmaceuticals that cost two to 9000 bucks a month. I mean, his burden, his financial burden, I'm making air quotes, you know, to he, he has a disability, so he gets Medicaid. His financial burden to the state is very significant. Our neurologist called us and said, you still have to come in, Heather. I mean, it had been over a year since we've been in. We're on no pharmaceuticals. He gets an hour in the morning and an hour at night to get himself ready for, you know, the day and ready for bed. I mean, his financial burden is significantly Less, we're tracking that data, you know, hospitalizations, emergency room rides, those sorts of things. So the research is a very big part of what we do, but we spend most of our time educating with both uh, the community clients who are using cannabis products, specifically Charlotte's Web, and physicians. We're connected with over 300 physicians around the world. We do free orientation for doctors and clients alike, and we actually take 8,500 phone calls every single month. Holy cow. It's awesome. And we, I'm very systems oriented. So we collect a lot of data on that. You know, how long did we talk to them? What did we talk to them about? Where did the call come from? You know, what is their diagnosis? It's not just epilepsy anymore. We have families dealing with cancer and chronic pain and neurological disorders. Autism is actually the second highest pediatric population we're serving after epilepsy. So it's really grown, you know, quite a bit. Now, is everybody pulling in and moving to Colorado to do this, or are you guys spreading the word a little further and getting the chance to to help other folks without having them pull up roots? You know, when these high CBD hemp products started being shipped, a lot of people decided, you know, we don't need to move because they can get it on their doorstep, which makes a lot of sense. So a lot of families are starting with that. They're just getting it shipped directly to them. And if that doesn't work, then they may consider moving to a medical state like Colorado where they can get other products, you know, like THC and CBN and some of these other cannabinoid products. But most families are not moving now. I stopped counting at about 500 families that had relocated here um, when shipping started. So quite a few did come. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. But the fact that they don't have to is also... uh heartwarming in its own way. It really is because, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I would not have been able to set up an entire second household, you know, and, and not had support. Right? I don't think I would have been able to do that. Very few were able to. And so it's great now that, that they're not needing to. The great thing that was created here, though, because of that was this wonderful community of moms and dads and families who know what you're going through. Because I, didn't, I never had, even my best friend, you know, who was very supportive, never really understood what it was like 
to be going through this. And so to have, you know, people here, our people who, who know what this feels like is really interesting and it's a great dynamic. And I understand you're doing work at the legislation level as well. Yeah, that's been, um, it's actually, it's really instilled hope in me and our ability to affect change. I used to think the government was just a slow dinosaur and you really couldn't do anything. And the first state passed in, it was signed in Utah in March of 2014. And so in just a little over two years, over 20, well, 20 states have put on cannabis legislation. And five of them did not limit the THC percentage. And so 15 of them did. So that looks more like a hemp type legislation. So that, that has been exhilarating to be a part of and to know that legislators really are listening and, you know, parents really can fight and go talk at a hearing and tell their personal experience and have that affect change. That's been really empowering for me to witness and definitely for the families to experience. I'm also delighted to ask about financial assistance for potential clients. Yeah, this is my favorite thing to do by far. So we have a couple of financial assistance programs. First of all, anyone who's connected to the realm of caring gets discounts on products anyway. So it's a reduced cost for them because of the their severe medical condition. Most of the folks that are connected to us almost exclusively are dealing with life-limiting chronic health conditions. And so they get a discount anyway. Well, then they can further apply for more assistance through what's called Realm Cares. And this is actually a financial grant. And we write checks to these families every single month. And we have over 60 families in that program. And we write checks to the tune of about 6500 bucks a month. And so we hope to increase that budget. We have a lot more people ask for money than we're able to give. Uh, and then the other thing, we still do relocation grants. So there are families that do need to move, and those are $5,000 grants. And those are just assessed on, on need, really. Wow. I mean, it just, it's just such a wonderful thing. And to see how far you've come in, in so little time, I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted. This is, this is amazing. You guys have, I have a wonderful, I have a wonderful team. Well, um, I remember when it was just you, so <laughs> I mean, I'd love to hear about you know that. What? Just last year, it was my kitchen table. In the January of, of 2015, it was, this was my, the office was my kitchen table and volunteers would come over and we had volunteers fielding phone calls and we got about a thousand calls answered that way a month. And it was just like, you know, we, we need to do this a lot better. And so we got some serious fundraising going and, you know, a major contributor to the foundation is um, CWHEMP and the Stanley organization. And so we're really able to do it right now. Oh, and I mean, it's just got to make a world of difference from just sitting around in your kitchen. <laughs> it totally does. Yeah, you know, and we take satisfaction ratings, you know, from the folks who talk with our, our client care specialists is what we call them. And they'll spend as much time on the phone with them as they need. So sometimes those phone calls are 30 or 45 minutes and they'll check in regularly. And it's just, it's a really beautiful thing to to witness. And yeah, it's, it's wonderful to have a team that has been hired for their heart and they've definitely got a lot of skill, a lot of passion, but this organization is, you know, is amazing. The team's amazing. And can you point us towards the website in case we want to donate? Sure. It is www.therock, 
That's T-H-E-R-O-C dot U-S. So again, it's T-H-E-R-O-C dot U-S. And in fact, there's uh, all kinds of information about the research, education, and advocacy. And uh, you don't have to donate, but there's a very nice click right there. It's, <laughs> it's, just, been, it's just been absolutely moving. Thanks so much, Heather Jackson from Realm of Caring. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Time to fan the fire on some more burning issues only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back to Burning Issues, Cannabis Radio listeners. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine with our next chapter of Self-Compassion in the Art of Activism. Here's the part of our show that encourages all our listeners to take good care of themselves and each other. It's how the Burning Issues team helps support the Cannabis Crusade. Hey, we've been talking about self-compassion over the months in the show, and in fact, this whole section is Self-Compassion in the Art of Activism. I'd like to point folks to some really nice self-compassion meditations. They're at selfcompassion.org, self-compassion.org. That's the word self and then a dash, compassion.org. And this is Dr. Kristen Neff's website. And she's just really superb at going into great detail about all the research and all the fun related to self-compassion. She really emphasizes that self-compassion is just sort of treating ourselves as nicely as we treat other folks. She says, with self-compassion, we give ourselves the same kindness and care we'd give to a good friend. It's really just a, a move to try to be a friend to yourself. Kristen's got some wonderful videos and meditation links on there, and I think any of us would get a big kick out of it. Some of her work and even some of my work in my lab support the idea that treating yourself nicely really pays off. You feel better, you do more nice things, and that in turn makes you feel even better, which gets you to do more nice things. It's an upward spiral. And when you're feeling good, it's really just a way to keep feeling good. But I want to emphasize, too, that when you're feeling bad, self-compassion can be even more important. It's particularly important when you're feeling bad. We all have that inner critic, that voice that can rant and rave after we make mistakes. And it's funny how even the littlest mistake can turn that voice on us with all the name-calling and criticism, the kind of stuff we'd never say to a friend we're more than willing to say to ourselves. It sort of breaks my heart when I think about it. And if you catch yourself doing it, by all means, just substitute in whatever you'd say to a buddy. Now, I know that some of you don't really like the self-compassion meditations, and it's just not your thing. So I wanted to bring up the mindfulness work as well. As we've emphasized, mindfulness is all about paying attention to the present moment. There's something special about being here now. And now, you get the idea. The present is actually all we have. 
There's no need to feel guilty. That's stuff in the past. There's no need to feel anxious. That's usually stuff in the future. And all we really got to say is stay where we are right now and then we can clean up whatever messes we've made, feel whatever we feel, but stay in the present and that's the way to get to where we want to be. There's some great mindfulness meditations at the UCLA website, marc.ucla.edu. It's the Mindful Awareness Research Center, that's the M-A-R-C part, at UCLA, UCLA ucla.edu. And I'm recommending this despite 14 years at USC. I just want to say that's how great it is. So what's interesting is that both these types of meditation can actually help self-compassion. The mindfulness is really all about just paying attention to the present moment and doesn't mention self-compassion directly the way the self-compassion meditations do. And I really want to play up the fact that you don't have to sit still like a Buddha for 25 years to make this work. My student, Jamie Bowles, who's about to be Dr. Bowles, is going to defend her dissertation, and she just gathered some data on these different kinds of meditation. She had folks sit down and just do a little 10-minute mindfulness meditation or a 10-minute self-compassion one. Then they fill out the same self-compassion questionnaires, and you guessed it, Both groups actually increased how nice they were to themselves. It's delightful to see that sometimes all it really takes is paying attention in the moment to give you the opportunity to be nice to yourself. Now, a superb series of new studies in psych confirm what really all the meditation mavens have always said. If we can pay attention to the present, delight's going to follow. If we're nice to ourselves... Focusing awareness on the current moment, that's the life we want to lead. Now, mindfulness can prevent depression. We've got intriguing data to suggest that self-compassion is also a great intervention for anxiety. And it certainly helps us recognize our own thoughts, our own moods, and our own experiences. Now, some of you know I always think that comedy is the answer to everything. And I think it works in the same way. There's that moment of mindfulness where suddenly you go from a punchline's incongruity until you get the correct assumption. It's like you get the setup, you think this certain thought, and then this chuckle accompanies that shift in your mind when you have that realization that you've made a mistake, and now that you understand what the person was saying, all is still well. It's super funny, and if you can't tolerate the idea of meditation, well, Why not sit down to 10 minutes of stand-up? It's all over YouTube and the web. Grab a stand-up comic who you think is hilarious, and it's wild how it'll send you into the present. So, hey, do that experiment, and don't hesitate to email me about it. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Follow your heart, and let the data be your guide.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. 